Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. Tonight we're here with Daphne Lange. Hi. <laughs> yeah, Lange is correct. Yes, Lange is correct. Uh-huh. Well, I got that. Got that one. I'm like, oh, there's no N there. Uh-oh. Right. No, people think that because it only has four letters that, that it must be complicated. So it's, you know, <laughs> so it throws people off. I try to overly complicate stuff because I get confused easily. Right. So, welcome to the show. I know uh, we met a couple of times through uh, CromCon. Yes, yes. And uh-huh. a little bit more this time because I was on through the entire thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, what fun it was. Catch- I, I, caught up, I caught up on sleep finally this weekend from the weekend before. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, like I was saying before, CromCon is pretty intense. Mm. Uh-huh. Pops gets all excited. Yeah. Puts a little of his favorite spirit in his coffee and uh, kicks off the day. Well, you know, hey, I mean, but that's what makes um, that's what makes the the shows fun to be on because, like mm-hmm. I said, he 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 knows how to, you know, he yeah, he just knows how to keep it moving and keep it going and keep it yeah. interesting and lively and you know, it's like his enthusiasm is infectious. <laughs> well, he he's been doing them almost a year now. Right. Uh, next month will be will be like one year from when he did the very first one. Yeah. And and Phil and I were busting his chops because the uh, the schedule for the first year is written on both sides of a paper plate that's still yeah. on his desk. That's funny. So I'm like, I go look. The one year anniversary, we have to raffle off the paper plate. Right. Yeah. Of course. That, yeah. That's going to be a giveaway. <laughs> You know, you can sign it, send it to Phil. Phil do a little pops, you know, logo on it, and we can mail it off to the people. Right? Yeah, because you know, nap- napkins were too were too small for the idea, mm. so you needed the paper plate. <laughs> Where I actually have uh, uh, Walter Koenig's signature on a napkin. Oh, there you go. We didn't get uh-huh. to meet him. Uh, my friend and I went with his parents. We were like probably like eighteen, nineteen. 
we went to a show. We went to one of the old uh, creation shows in Boston. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. and uh, I actually stepped in his foot. Oh, <laughs> he was just walking around the showroom, you know, probably looking for action figures of himself. Probably, and, uh, yeah. You know, just seeing, just seeing what was out there, and I didn't even notice him. And I went to turn around. And I stepped on. I go, oh, I'm sorry. And then I realized who he was, and then he got mad when I said, the nuclear vessels are that way. Oh, no. <laughs> we were 18, you know. You know, got, got the look, and I'm like. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess his parents were in the cafe, and himself and a couple other uh, guests uh-huh. were going in to, you know, get coffee and right. know, a quick bite. And his mother, you know, nonchalantly walked over and said, Hi, it's very nice to meet you. I know you're with your friends. I don't want to bother you. My son and his friend were very excited to be able to come here and meet you. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, you know, get in the room when you do your talk. And so he's like, a couple of napkins. Here you go. Oh, that's funny. And, and off we went. So somewhere I have, an, I yeah. have a napkin. I have a napkin of, of uh, checkoff. So there you go. You know, at least, and also it's like, that was like back in, that that was like back when it was easy, like it was more casual to Mm -hmm. meet, to meet people at conventions rather than now where it's all like entourage and, and uh, security and, you know, you can't get close to the table. (laughs) You have to pay for a VIP badge. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it, conventions went downhill for me as soon as the quote unquote invention of photo ops came in yeah yeah no i have to agree with that i have to agree with that that, yeah. that came in and went down. oh you can't take pictures with your camera with your camera yeah. phone i'm like why because you have to pay for that yeah 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 I'm no, like, it's like, why, yeah why the, the, pap- the paparazzi don't have to pay for it <laughs> i go I'm, I'm still gonna you know go to their table and you know get an autograph because you know i want to hang it up on my wall hey I, I know them right but yeah i mean it, it got it just got really complicated yeah you know it, once yeah. you know it's like and now they now they charge you like a hundred dollars and up to uh have you open up the camera app on yeah. your own phone yeah take a picture well that way you had the picture i'm like right why don't you take the picture and then you can print it out on a mobile printer like right, right here yeah. and just give me the actual photo that uh, way i can have it autographed yeah i mean there was there was one convention that we went to and it was just like kind of like weird seeing people walking around with like vip badges for william shatner and we knew for a fact that those badges were like 700 dollars because you get like you know, like the photo and like, like a five second meet and greet, and you know, and an autograph or something. And it's like people walking around with like almost a thousand dollars worth of just a photo op around yeah, their neck. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Crazy. The uh-huh. best, the best place to meet Bill Shatner is upstate New York at the official, uh, Star Trek set tour. Ah, uh. um, that started uh, with uh, James Cawley, who is an actual Elvis performer. So he's everything he does and likes is the 60s. That's right. it. Oh, okay. Everything stopped at 1969. So I made it under the wire because that's <laughs> what I came about. Uh, but he's, you know, I'm a huge Star Trek fan too. So, um, but they were doing they were doing like the fan shows 
And at one point he was playing Captain Kirk and, you know, you know, friends of his on set would make fun of him calling him Captain Elvis. Oh no. Cause his real hair is done up like, you know, classic, like early sixties Elvis. Oh, okay. You know, before the King yeah. got fat like me. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> So that that's that's what he looks like, but they ended up casting somebody else. But my friend and his girlfriend have been uh, helpers on set for like years that's and cool. years that's and years. Cool. Yeah. So they they've seen the set tour, but when they when they when they volunteer and they go up there, they they send them to like other other parts where the tour you know just touches on for like a minute, like uh, you know like sick bay. Uh huh. You stay here and make sure nobody wanders around and tries to like steal anything. Oh right, I could imagine. Yeah, you know, people taking like the little salt shakers for the. Yeah, you be you yeah. Know. People people will yeah they'll they'll latch on to anything not nailed down. But yeah, uh, Carly is you know very very good friends with a whole bunch of people that um, worked on the original series. And all the living members of the original series have actually been up there. And Shatner goes up there like two or three times a year. That's so cool. You, so you have to pay like a little more. Right, yeah. Because you're actually getting the set tour from Shatner. Wow, okay, and yeah. He's, that... he's telling, you know, stories stories of yesteryear right. to, you know, to everybody and... Right. But that sounds more interesting though than just yeah. a Photoshop photo op at a at a convention because it's like you're you're getting an entire experience. Yeah, I'd would, I, you know. I, I'd rather I'd rather pay like the uh the Shatner experience at the set tour, I think is like right. five you know, four or five hundred bucks. Right. I'd yeah. rather pay four or five hundred bucks and get us get a tour around for all intents and purposes, the real enterprise. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. By the captain. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have, you know, there's a banquet meal that you sit down. There's only like 20 people allowed in. Right. So it's know, a really so, intimate experience. Yeah. yeah I, that's, and like a small yeah. crowd and everything, you yeah. know, and I'm, you know, so I asked him, I go, are there, you know, wheelchair accessible ramps and everything? He's like, Oh yeah. I go, Oh, good. Now I just have to have somebody make me up the contraption so I can go as Captain Pike. There you go. <laughs> I already have the chair, so I, you know, and I'd be all set. Right. But enough about Star Trek and conventions right. of yesteryear. Uh, let's talk about your Kickstarter. Oh, sure. Yes. Thank you. That's what we're here for. So, right. <laughs> you know, it, it only makes sense to me. You're right. So, Let's let's pull this up and take a look at Eagle Raven. Thank you. Ta da! Yay! <laughs> so I gotta I gotta put it on the bigger page because my okay. eyes are that bad. Well, oh, no, so that's you, okay. I'm the same way too. <laughs> you know, I, I I pull it up on the on the screen for the show, and I'm like, yeah, it's there. I can't tell what it is. I I can I can make out the picture, but I can't. You know, 
I'm right. Like, yeah. I'm like green and yeah, that that's black yeah. print. Uh, gotta go to the other page. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, my desk is is horrible. I have like three or four different types of glasses <laughs> all over my desk because it's like I always I, I need something for something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm nearsighted, so yeah. You know. I put my glasses on so I can, you know, see the TV to change the programming. Right, exactly. And and then I pick up, then I'll pick up like, you know, a prose book or a comic book, most likely a comic book, and uh, and you know, go to read a book while I'm watching TV. I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I gotta take my glasses off. I can't yeah. see it. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, then if I'm then if it's a part of a movie that I already know, you know. And I, and I want to watch that part because it's a favorite part. Yeah. I'm like, oh, when I put my glasses. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because now, now you need the glasses for far yeah. to read the subtitles and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking for them. And I'm like, right. they're just sitting there balancing on my knee. I'm, uh, you know, while I'm sitting on my recliner. So it's great. Yeah. But uh, you had a you had a very low goal on this one. And I, I wanted to keep it uh, modest. Um, it's like I, I've done... Um, I've done up to 15, like 15 Kickstarters already for other books. So I was mm -hmm. already like really familiar with the process. Um, and this one was my first solo comic book project. And I pretty much took what I learned on those other Kickstarters. And I go, you know what? It's like, I'm doing everything myself. I have everything proofed. I know pretty much um, what I need to produce this book. So I, I kept the goal at, at $500, be, you know, because it's like, I figured it's like, you know what? It, it serves a, a dual purpose. It's like, I know I can at least reach that. And then it's like, once I reach it, I don't have to sweat, <laughs> and, you know, because it's like, I, I mean, it's like if I had left it at like, if I had started the goal at a thousand, I, I mean, I probably would have been a nervous wreck all week. <laughs> so I, I kept it doable. Um just so that you know i like like the whole process of doing a kickstarter is is stressful enough as is so it's like the idea is just to keep the stress as, to, to a minimum as possible so i can concentrate on the other aspects of running a kickstarter as opposed to worried about did i am i going to reach a goal or, or, or whatnot mm -hmm. So we um, so we uh, just reached um, the at least the first. So, yeah, we reached goal and then we reached the first stretch goal. And um, let, let me uh, just, I guess, give like a brief introduction about the uh, the book because I'm kind of like going in cold. I guess we're, we're talking about it cold here. Um, so this is a, a book uh, that, that I uh, my, like I said, my first solo comic book project. Um, it's Ego Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn, and it's a fantasy drama created, written, and illustrated by me, Daphne Lage. And it's a multi-issue comic book series in the style of the Chronicles of Narnia and The Witcher. Um, so the first issue uh, that you see here, uh, that, that you see here, is, the, is a 32 pages in full color. And it introduces Ego Raven, a half-unicorn, half-human princess who lives a rather sheltered life in Edenron, a magical valley of elves and unicorns. She is the firstborn of the unicorn king Alaric and a human woman who, through enchantment, was turned into a unicorn herself. And although Ego Raven is a princess, she's not really accepted by the elves and the unicorns either. <laughs> so, so even though it's like she's she's literally you know like heir to this kingdom and nobody really digs it <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, so it kind of puts her in like a very weird position. Although, um, uh, because of um, genera uh, generational interbreeding with captured humans, the elves of this valley, specifically of this valley, um, have all but lost their own magic and they depend on the unicorns to survive the world that they're in. Um, so as a result, the royal family hope that an arranged marriage between Eagle Raven and the elf prince Rulian uh, will strengthen the magic bond between them and the unicorns. But Prince Rulian has a whole other plan uh, set in motion when he conspires with uh, the dragon lords uh, to overthrow his own ruling family so that he can gain control, direct control of the valley himself. But he kind of learns the hard way that dragons don't share. <laughs> and um, as a result of uh, this uh, coup, I guess, um, Eagle Raven and her unicorn uncle Amadeo, they're exiled into the world of men where they've never been before and now they have to learn to survive in the human world in order to like work their way back into somehow winning back their kingdom uh from the dragons so that that's pretty much the the gist of the uh the the story that uh that i have going on here so it's this is the first issue um the series is complete uh, not physically though, like the scripting, uh, the script is complete. I have the first five issues actually complete. And um, I'm hoping uh, that it will be no more than 15 issues that total. So there is an actual ending to the story. So you have to go through the stress of Kickstarter 14 more times. Before yeah, I know. What a drag, right? <laughs> it's like, that's the hard or, part. Or maybe, or maybe 15 because you, you want to you might want to wrap up with a with a bonus omnibus of the entire oh no that's that's exactly the idea so so what it is like for 2021 i have i'm going to be offering up issues 1 through 4 as the year as the year goes uh goes along and then i want to start 2022 with a trade paperback of those four issues and then continue the the series with every four issues having a trade so yeah, there there is uh, there, there is going to be um, uh, trades for this series. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a big trade holder. Yeah, myself. yeah. Um, because well, I've been I've been like a huge X Men fan for a long time. Not so much as of recent, you know. Well, <laughs> when I you know when I looked over and go, you're gonna have a sword fighting, twenty two part crossover in like. What is there now? Like twenty-seven different X titles now. I'm like, yeah, it gets a little oh, unwieldy. Wow. I would think. I'm like, <laughs> look, I know Disney owns you, but you know, quit milking the cow, would you? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, you know, we don't need that many. I go, and we don't need that many Batman books either. And, right. Exactly. You know, when I when I was three years old, I remember the first time I I saw you know the Adam West Burt Ward Batman on TV, and I was like, wow. Uh, and you know, ever since then, but I'm like, yeah, we we don't we don't need, you know, never needed more than you know Batman and Detective in the entire right. like yeah. Bat family, yeah. you know, the Bat family. Uh -huh. You know, you want to you want to you know you want to do Robin stories? Well, do like they did in the '70s, 
make it a backup story. Right. Yeah. And, and you see, that's the funny thing because it's like when when I was talking to Pops about this project, he actually kind of uh, brought up the fact that he didn't like the fact that it that it was that there was an ending to this story. It's like, no, I want to keep. I want it to keep going. And it's like, no, I think it's important for for at least for the story to at least to have an ending. Um, so that it doesn't feel like it's dragging on. Like I, I told him that it's like I, I do plan on doing like side stories, but as as their own things and and probably as like add-ons or something to the Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's like there's going to be like the main story and then like these little side things popping up to kind of like flesh out like different stories more. Uh, but yeah, that, that's yeah. But but the whole like ongoing, like it just keeps going, is kind of like uh, that's no. I, I'd, I'd like it to have like a, a nice ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you could always, you know, because it's like one huge like story arc. So right. Yeah. I mean, you know, just about a year and a half worth of story. So I'm like. Yeah, that's, you know, Jeff Johns worthy. Right, yeah. You know, so it's like, why not? Because you can always go back, you know, if, if like, another story comes into your head with these characters, you know, a couple of years down the road. Right. You can bring them back, and now you have a new story to tell. Right, you know, exactly. Something different, you know? Yeah, and also I think that it, that it makes it very easy for the reader to, to, to like jump on and jump off like like they know like where to jump on and then where to jump off you know at the end you know it's like there's a beginning for them to jump on there's an ending for them to jump on and the fact that it's 15 issues is also like kind of like a doable goal as opposed to like well this goes on indefinitely <laughs> yeah i know yeah it's like you know just it's kind of like watching a lord of the rings movie right like, yeah God, how long is this? Right, especially if you're watching the extended version. <laughs> it's what like other, like nine hours worth of footage. I, what other version would you watch? I mean, right, really. exactly. No, for real, for real. I I sat here the other week and I watched I watched like the whole Hobbit like front, you know, front uh -huh. to back, and I'm like, I go, oh, I miss these movies. Right, yeah. You, you know, know those, those, yeah. they they were so good and. You know, you know they're epic and they're and they're long and everything. You know, but at least you you felt like you got like your ten or fifteen dollars worth when you right went yeah in there, you know? yeah you know especially and then it's like there's some movies that you have to see in a theater and that was one of them. You know, oh yeah, that, that's yeah. definitely one of them. Right, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anything recently. Well, I don't. I don't think anybody has really in a, in a theater. But uh, <laughs> I I was happy that. Um, a few years ago, a friend of mine came to pick me up at the rehab hospital I was in mm -hmm. and, uh, my walking was a little better then. And he, he took me to, uh, a local theater there to, uh, to go see Logan on the big screen. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, Logan is the last movie I saw in a movie theater and they're like, well, you can still go, you know, I go, yeah, nah. Right. Why not? I go because I can watch them at home for free. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now it's like a completely different experience. And I upgraded because somebody gave me a fifty-inch TV. So oh, so there you go. Right. You know, I went. I went from like you know, 
a 12 inch, you know, Roku TV, uh -huh. which, which was fine in my last apartment because the farthest my chair could be from the TV was, I think, maybe five feet. Oh, okay. I go, okay. That, I still have to put my glasses on to see the screen. Well, but, yeah, yeah. You know, always. You gotta, you gotta go with the flow. But uh -huh. it was, it was fine because you know it was a tiny little apartment. And now I have this huge loft surrounded by boxes, so I look like a warehouse because oh, well. my my entire uh, life just got was in storage at, at my good friend's house. Ah, okay. So now but you're like, getting everything back for in like five city. years. So. Yeah. I got, <coughs> excuse me. I got all my comics back, my toys, collectibles. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother passed back in 2012, so mm. I, you know, I'm on back boxing stuff of hers and photo right. albums, and so I took a trip back to the 70s earlier today. Right, and I'm like, there you go. Oh, good times. Yeah, and yeah. My, you know, and you know, finding stuff with my, you know, my grandparents, my great grandparents, and stuff, and uh -huh. finding my daughter's stuff and. She's a teenager now, so you know right. everything I do, I say is stupid. So I'm like, okay, I go bye. You know, yeah, they they get to that age, and you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, the the age where we knew everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then exactly. we get, then we hit around thirty five or forty. Go, oh, oh man. Yeah, no, for real. That's exactly what happens. It's like, what was I thinking? Like, mom. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. It was you, you know, were right. It was, it was about a thing. what? About everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's exactly how it happens. I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. So I just I just shared this out to like about 15 different comic related. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thank you. Rooms and uh -huh. um I want to let uh, my listeners over on ageofradio.org know that oh. uh, if they want to see anything that we're showing off tonight, they can just head over to the creator's outlet on YouTube and watch the entire video version there. Yeah. Also, there you go. Thank you. That whole thing's new. I keep forgetting to say anything. I go, oh, oh darn. So after we finish this, I will download the audio of this and it'll be uploaded tonight and there'll be a There'll be a link so people can download and listen to the audio of, of all the geeky stuff we talked oh, about. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, so I guess like for the benefit of the uh, our, our radio listening audience, then um, you can also check out. You can also find links to the uh, to the Kickstarter and a free version of the uh, of the entire uh, of the first five issues of this series in black in the original black and white line art. Uh, uh, version that I did first. Um, you can check it out at my main website at egoworks.com. E-G-O-W-O-R-K-S.com. <laughs> and that and many, many other links are in the show notes, either up above mm -hmm. or down below, depending on where you're watching us. I, I shared all the links from your Facebook page that you have. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of them because it's like I have like a you know the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube channel, the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the usual uh collection of yeah, social so media. Those, yeah. those those are all in the uh those are all in the show notes mm -hmm. along along with uh the uh the link to the Kickstarter, which of course, as you can see, is also in the chat. Yes. Thank you. So mm -hmm. which which is nice because I share it to the chat here, but wherever people are watching it, the entire thing comes up like an ad, you know, at the top of the uh, 
at oh, the bottom okay. of the page, though. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, one uh-huh. click. It's a one click and done. There you go. And uh, let us scroll down and take a look. Take it. This is the entire crew. Right. Well, this is, yeah, this is, this is the main, this is the main crew. Um, my babies. <laughs> you know, so, so the thing is, so this project was a pro, this was a comic book that I was pretty much working on. Well, it was kind of like working slash percolating slash, you know, just trying to get it together for like the past 20 years. I, I came up with the idea in high school and um, kind of like started really getting it together at when I was in college. And then like, as the years went on, it was just like, it just built more and more and more until it finally got to an iteration that I go, okay, this is it. This is the story. Um, and like I said, um, on my website um, is the original version of it, which is in black and white. Um, and there, there's five issues running right now. And what the Kickstarter is for is for the kind of like a remastered version of that original version. Um, it's in full color. I redid the lettering. I tweaked the artwork um, and um, pretty much decided it's like now's the time to just get it out officially because up until this point, it never had an actual print version it was just whatever i would put online you know once you know when i as i finished it you know just whatever's online and that's it um and this is the the first time that i decided to like you know what it's time to give this an official release um so yeah so at least i got something out of lockdown (laughs) you know because that's when i really got the idea to really push forward with this because it's like um i didn't realize like how much time I gained until like everything shut down. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I got to do something with this time. And I was like, going, you know what, let's learn, let's learn how to color a comic properly. <laughs> and that's how I ended up uh, with this. And then I relettered it. And then, you know, that then ended up uh, what you see here on the screen. So um, I have, I have samples of all the pages um, so that, you know, just to show everybody that, that this book is done. Um, uh, I, I've I, I don't like doing Kickstarters on unfinished material. I think it's bad luck. <laughs> so um, so I so the book is done. It's ready to go. So it's like I had it proofed already. I have my printer proofs, and you know, and I was able to like fix it up and whatnot. So the the second the well the second the Kickstarter is done, I'm running a 21 day Indiegogo for for everybody who prefers that platform. Because I know that there are people who it's like, oh, they, for whatever reason or another, they don't like Kickstarter, but they prefer Indiegogo. So I'm doing that. And then like the second that Indiegogo is finished, I have files ready to go to the printer. So um, so by around like mid-March, is when everybody should be expecting their books, you know, because it's like, like I said, I, I think it's bad luck to, uh, to have an unfinished project, you know? Yeah. You know, so. Roland's like that. Roland man's like that too. He won't uh, announce a book. Yeah. Unless it is like 100% complete. Right. Yeah. And then at that point, the money from the Kickstarter 
pays to have the have the book made along with like you know all the you know any goodies that come along right with yeah exactly and, yeah. and then there's then there's money to flip towards the next book mm -hmm. or the next project right yeah and i'm like well that's a good idea yeah well yeah it's like i mean you you would think that more people <laughs> would, uh, would understand that yeah. i guess it's like like well here's the concept drawing and uh as long as we get all your money right we might actually make this book no 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 the script has to be done right yeah at uh, least and you you should at least have all the artwork done right and you know um, you know at least halfway done from the inker and on the way to the colorist mm-hmm and if it's Phil, you better start like six months early. Cause well, he's, got, you know, he's, hey. he's, he's all backed up now. Cause he finally got his computer working again. So yeah, no, I just, I just uh, purchased a, a new computer myself. I, I don't, I won't get it until the end of the month, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it, you know, cause it'll definitely improve my, uh, my, my, uh, my, what do they call it? My, my process, my flow, my flow process or whatever. The, the workflow. The workflow. That's it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, what's that called? Yeah, for, exactly. Yeah. I work for myself. I don't have deadlines. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but, you know, that's also kind of like a, a tricky thing to maneuver, too, because it's like, you know, like officially, I, I technically I don't have deadlines, but I do have these Kickstarters on my schedule. So I want to make sure that I hit all the all, all enough deadlines to make sure that, OK, that uh, the next Kickstarter is ready to go. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, I have the the first five issues are completely inked, so I just need to to color issues uh, two to five, and then I have six and seven that are laid out. So I so I just need I just I just need to um to to you know to to pencil and ink those in, and then then finish coloring them. But um I, I I'm pretty much. I, I have a good leeway. I mean, I, I don't want to like blow that that uh, that leeway that I have, but uh, but that's what I have so far. So um, for anybody who's who's wondering whether this was going to be a one hit wonder, because there, there's some Kickstarters out there. You get that issue one, maybe you get an issue two, and then you never hear from them again. And I'm just determined to finish this series. So yeah, you're you're going to get a complete story. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got a long box full of uh, indie books like that. Yeah, you know, you know, back back from like the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I love. I don't. I don't care. You know what anybody says about you know what nineties comics are worth. I still right. love nineties comics. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, eighties. Mm -hmm. You know, late seventies, early eighties for me were like you know prime. Right, yeah. You know, because that's what I went from. Uh, I just look at the pictures and make up my own story to, well, I guess I'll read the word bubbles. Oh. <laughs> so I know what's really happening. Right, yeah. And, and I'm like, I didn't want to read the narration boxes because back then it was like, it was like reading a prose novel depending right, on who was yeah, the book. Yeah. That, that, know, that, that, that Chris know. Claremont style you know, describing everything that's happening in the panel type yeah, of thing. You, 
you get like a book from Chris Claremont or Peter David and I'm like, you know, there's, there's like a 10 page preface before it. I'm like, right. Yeah. I just want to read the comic. Yeah. You know, even, even now, like, you know, I'll, I'll pick up a book now and it's got like a forward from somebody, you know, I'm like, Oh, well, hmm. <sighs> and I'll read like, you know, the first paragraph of the forward. I'm like, yeah, I get the gist. And right. I, I, go, yeah. I, just, I just want to read the book. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you're you're heaping you're heaping praise on them and you know it's well deserved. And right. uh maybe I'll finish reading this page when I'm done with the other six hundred and Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get back we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll get back to you, you know. And you know, I was what was that? Uh I can't remember what book I was I was read I was reading, but it had a uh, it had a it had an Alex Ross preface, and he was piling all kinds of praise right. on 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 the artist whose book it was, and I'm like, yeah, we get it, right? Yeah, he, he cut you a check to say you he was better than you, and right, just something like that, right? Know, and mm-hmm. and we'll go back. Now you compared the book to uh, the the Chronicles of Narnia and The Witcher. And for me, I see uh, the old dungeon, the dragons, dungeon yeah. and dragons cartoon. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, really. It's like I'll, I was so chuffed when I put this piece together because it's like I was doing um, one of those like character lineups to, to, to kind of get everyone's size relation to, you know, mm-hmm. so that I would be able to keep everything consistent uh, for, especially for the new issues. And then as a goof, I started putting them together like this. And I just died when I saw that because it's like, Oh my God, that yes, it looks exactly like the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. So specifically what stood out to me as Dungeons and Dragons characters uh, on the far right, the, uh, the unicorn in the red dress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the guy standing next to her reminded me of of Eric the uh, the bowman there. Right. Um. I I still want a bow. They can do that. Huh. Um. And um. The guy kind of yeah. like centered with the uh huh with with the with the brown tones on right yeah reminds me of the paladin and then your princess reminds me kind of of. Uh, the goofy wizard, probably because they're wearing the same colors. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but you know that—that's all good. <laughs> that, that all works for me. And I, I see a little bit of the uh, the Rankin Bass uh, last yeah. unicorn too. Yeah, no, it's it's a huge. Yeah, it's like the, the a lot of it's a huge influence. I mean, it's like in the end, the Chronicles of Narnia and Witcher is more like thematic in terms of the story, mm-hmm. but like visually though, it's like yeah, it's the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. It's the last unicorn. It's Elf Quest. It's um. It's it's. It's um, you know, the Dragon Slayer movie. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. know? you know, it's it's a lot of these, you know, different influences. I mean, we were speaking about Chris Claremont. Uh, he did a book called The Black Dragon. That was a huge influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, um, let's see. There was another book. Uh, uh, what was his name? Mark Smiley, I think. I, I don't remember. He did a book called Artesia. That that was a huge influence. Um. 
it, it yeah it's it's like it's a lot more influences than than i guess that that i'm letting on as a descriptor but it's like if i really listed everything that'd be half the description yeah it'd be like <laughs> two paragraphs right this, yeah this, this is these are all this the was, this is what i was thinking of when yeah. i was when i was making this yeah exactly exactly but yeah it's like it's um yeah, it's a lot going on in the thematically and everything. So yeah, but yeah, but but yeah, dun dungeons yeah, that that's exactly the vibe I was trying. I was like, I accidentally got that vibe, and I'm like, good with it. <laughs> uh, of course, the the fox character makes me think of Star Fox from Nintendo. Oh, okay. That I, I was. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, for me, it's it's Disney's Robin Hood, but that. Well, that, yeah, that that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. It, it probably would have struck me if there was a fat bear standing next to him, but. Oh, right. Yeah, well, yeah, no, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be too on the nose with the. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to get the obligatory Disney cease and desist letter. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, we, we don't want that either. <laughs> yeah. So we're going 32 pages yeah, in 30, full color. Yes, 32 pages. Right. And 32 actual comic book pages, not like 15 pages of comic pages. And then like everything else is like random pinups and stuff. This is, this is a full story. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade at anybody. That's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, when it, I, you know, I just want to make it clear. It's like, yes, you're getting 32 full, full comic book pages in this book. Yeah, 32 complete story pages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking, who would, who would freak out at this paneling? And the first person that comes to mind is Brian Silvervex, because uh, he hates panels. Oh well, you know that's, I, I, I guess. Uh, to to each his own, I guess. I, I mean, it's like uh, yeah, he's he's doing he's doing he's uh, doing plotting in uh, for his universe now, and, uh -huh. and and strictly doing covers. Ah, uh, okay. But he did he did one in uh, Travis's book, uh, the Chifulu uh, come uh, invades Oz. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Danny Morales from the uh, Collective down in Florida mm -hmm. wrote like. Uh, a one-page story, and uh -huh. and Brian agreed to uh, do the art, and he sent him like nine panels. Right. And Brian freaked out. You got to cut this down, dude. This is way too right. Yeah, no, a one-page story is very hard to do. Yeah, you think, that, you think that it's not a lot of work, but it's like it's actually it's more work because work. you're like. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, I have to tell this whole story in, like, one right. page. I mean, I just recently did, like, an eight-page short story for an anthology, and that probably had to be, like, the hardest layouts I, I had to do. Because, because, yeah, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like you're finding yourself in a very limited space, and you still have to make your artwork readable, you know, as storytelling before you even put the lettering down so um yeah so it, it's tricky it's tricky you know it's like it does less pages does not mean less time or less anything no it's yeah. usually it's usually double the time because you know you can get a story that'll flow in your mind mm -hmm. i mean like nope too long right yeah exactly yeah 
you know, throw that scripts away, get it, you know, think of another one. And yeah, it just the, the best thing I can think of for anybody that is going to be doing like, you know, a one page story or like a short story in an anthology is go to Instagram, look up uh, three panel crimes and, and study all his work. Cause he does the entire thing in three bloody panels. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it, it is definitely a learned skill. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. and uh, he does, he does like amazing stuff and he's got like, you know, people just want to do it. So they, they come in, they are, they offer, it's like, it's three panels. Right. You know, and they, you know, from start to finish and they get it, they get it done. And, yeah. and, you know, some of them are, you know, make, make you think hard and, and others are just hilarious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first one that I remember was like at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it was like first panel was like a box truck driving down the street and kind of like this shady guy like peeking out. Next panel was the, the back of the truck open and the guy was stealing toilet paper. Oh, no. <laughs> and the third panel, he was assuming the position at the back of a cop car. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha. Must have been from Florida. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We have all kinds of praise from. Thank, yeah, yeah. No, there was a lot of kind people who are were who who served as like beta readers and and reviewers for for the book. So so I planned for everything for this this Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, Baby Barbarian, uh-huh. Catch the Craze podcast. Evoncomics.com, Shock of War, Mary Bellamy, George Medina, Codename Hunter, Lone Wolf Comics, and the Geek Insider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so these are, yeah. So, so these are now the, the different rewards that you get. I have, I have a, a PDF only uh, tier, uh, you know, for people who prefer that way. I mean, me personally, I can't even read on the screen. So, so for those of you who can do that, you know, I have something for you. Um, and then it's like w- with uh, every, with every tier, it's like not only do you get like the regular version of the printed book, but you also get the PDF of it. So I have like several different variants uh, as uh, as levels. So so this one is this is the standard uh, level where it's like you get the the print uh, copy of the of the book along with a PDF. And the thing is though, because we reached the the thousand dollar goal. Um, Everyone who who supports the campaign also gets another PDF of a prequel story that I did to this series. So you're actually getting like two, like you're getting a prequel and the story. So you're you're getting uh, you're getting a good uh, good amount of uh, story with uh, a good amount of reading material. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now is the prequel. In black and white or color? Well, the prequel is uh, in black and white. It's a prose, an illustrated prose story. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So it's 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 actually a completely different format to to the comic. Um, yeah. So this is this is also what I was talking to pops about, where it's like, you know, like not I, you know, it's like I not everything can be a comic, but prose is something that I'm 
also playing around with as a format. So, and this is one of the first ones that uh, that I did because you know a picture may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes writing a thousand words takes less time <laughs> than drawing the picture. Yeah. So, yeah. So that so everyone so you're gonna get a lot of reading material with uh with, well, with I, support. I, I bought a book like that and didn't re realize it was a book like that. Uh I have still not read that book, but mm. uh this year I'm sure I will find the time to read oh, that book. Sure. I got all my stuff back now. Uh-huh. And it it was uh it was an it's in a an electro wolverine uh book and it looks like the the Sinkevich oh okay sure Electra, and I'm like oh and it's in the hardcover so I bought it with the white cover um, with uh, the thing is like Electris but I think that was all painted by Sinkevich but I kind of remember there being a prose story too that's illustrated but I, I don't know it's it's been a while since I really looked at any mainstream books well Luckily, it's right here. Oh, there you go. All my books ended up being here. Oh, and my free hardcover of Castle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is it in this stack? I got like three stacks here, so I'm just like... Uh -huh. Nope, those are art books. That's my Lewis Royal collection. Oh, okay. Cool. I had to have art stuff, so I've got. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's like you, you need to. It, it's always good to surround yourself with that, you know. Yeah. Oh, and I an X Men prose. Oh, there you go. And there it's a it's a book club, club collection, so it's like. Out of curiosity, like who's the author? Who's the author? Uh, Stephen A. Roman. Ah yes, no, he's a friend of ours. <laughs> uh, X Men: The Chaos Engine. Yes. Yes. He, uh, yeah, yeah, Steve is a friend of ours. <laughs> oh, good. I can get it signed now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah. It's like, I guess it's like uh, once we're able to touch people again, <laughs> it's like we can get that signed for you. <laughs> uh, once we, oh, and of course, because I'm a huge Joker fan, I have the hardcover of oh. as well uh -huh. as Joker. Here it is. Oh. Of course, towards the bot the bottom of the middle stack. Why? Because it's always in the last place you look. Well, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Electra and Wolverine, the Redeemer. Ah, okay. Um, it's, it's it's not Sinkevich, though. Oh, okay. I thought it was. It's a. Uh, oh, you, you muted out. Stupid program. Every time, oh, okay. I, every time I move my chair, that they're like, "Oh, mute." I'm like, "Oh, what? right, yeah, yeah." The, the, the Streamyard can can be fussy yeah. like that. The the artist is uh, Yoshitaka Amano. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I remember this book. Yeah, yeah. Let me just blow this up because this is just. Uh -huh. Yeah, that that's some beautiful stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. You get the a little back uh -huh. cover artwork and yeah, but yeah, I I thought it was you know I thought it was that and and there's like you know splash pages and right. stuff in there, but but then you have right, yeah, you, yeah. I'm like 
That's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that down for now. Yeah. Let me try got it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a scary sight. Uh-huh. So you get the <clears throat> you get the PDF and mm-hmm. I will just call it cover A because that's the regular cover. Yeah, the regular cover, yeah, yeah. And, the, and of course the the prequel. Yes, and you get the prequel now because um we, we reached that goal. So the, the second the second tier that I have, you get the Virgin cover, which is the same cover as uh, it's the same cover, except all it is is that there's no logos or anything interfering with the artwork. So mm-hmm. you get the the the, the version, you know, like the reg- cover A, and then I guess this would be cover B, which is just without the uh, the logo. So you can just have the artwork. Yeah. Well, this would be the this would be like a set of cover A. So yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, oh, you, get the, oh. you get the trade dress and the virgin variant. So yes, mm-hmm. and oh, it, hard copy. I thought it said hardcover. I'm like, right? No, no, we're not. We're not at that. Uh, yeah, I'm like, where's the hardcover? Yeah, no, we're not at that yet. You know, I mean, I would like to be able to make a hardcovers of the trades, but you know, we'll see how those do. Right. So this one, uh, this is the, uh, unfortunately, I forgot to, to bring my samples, uh, but this one, uh, so this is the silver variant. And what it is, is that it's a, it's the line art of the cover printed on silver foil. Oh yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah. I should have thought to, to bring my samples down, but I, I thought I thought it was uh, when I first looked at it. I go, all I thought in the back of my head is like, ooh, a coloring book, a coloring, coloring book. book. Yeah, no, no, no. It's in silver though. It's it, it's 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 a it's a really nice silver cover, uh, silver foil cover with the line art on it. Oh, cool. Nice. And then and then nice. this and then the next one is I think uh, my favorite uh, version of the book. It's a hollow foil cover, and um, it's very shiny. I mean, it's like you know, it, I, I, it's I'm, I'm completely excited with this version. You know, so you get you know you get the regular version, you get the PDF, and you get the hollow foil cover. So the hollow foil one would be the one. Uh, front front row center on your table at a at a show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because the light to catch, to catch yeah to catch all us uh, ADHD kids. Yeah, exactly. At you the know? con, be like, ooh, shiny. Exactly. What's and the that? funny thing is, is that the next um, tier that I have is called all the shinies. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and what it is is that you get the silver foil and you get the hollow cover in one shot. So it's like you get you get the the regular, the silver, and the uh, and the hollow foil. So you get kind of like you get like everything ish because there is one more version of there. There is one more version uh, that I have uh, for the tier. So this uh, this one um, is the, the regular cover and you get like a separate sketch to go with the book. So, um, yeah. So if you, you if you're the type that likes to collect original artwork um, you, you like blue line sketches, then this would be the tier for you. Because you know, so you get like you know, as you can see in the sample, you get like a blue line sketch of uh, a random character from the comic. Mm-hmm. And then the last tier that I have is the actual sketch cover variant, and it's 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 the comic with a blank cover that I 
draw an, an original color marker piece on the cover of, again, a, a random character from the comic. So that would be like the last variant of it. So you would get the original, you get the original cover, and you get the sketch cover version. And and this is this is where the workflow will come in handy because right. because as soon as you get one of those, you need to start on on it like right. No, away. yeah, exactly. But that but then also it's like just uh, I, I it it these the the sketch variant the sketch and the sketch cover variant they're they're the last ones to ship out because they take longer than everything else. So mm -hmm. so once like the main books go out. Uh, these would go out two weeks later because obviously they take a little bit longer. They're, they're hand-drawn, so they take a little bit longer to produce. But um, the way everything's looking, it's like even with the Indiegogo and whatnot, um, while everyone else will probably get their the main books by the middle of March, if you get the sketch cover, most likely you get them at the end of March. Yeah, so like a couple... Uh you know, Lee, we have a couple of weeks to. Yeah, yeah, to nothing that. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you get, well, you you have you have to draw it, and you have to you have to ink it up a little bit. Right, then, exactly. You know, yeah. And, you know, you know you're, the drying you're getting, process and you're everything. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, you're getting an original piece of artwork, so you know, there, there's a little bit more involved with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I've, I've I've got quite a few of those. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then it's like, so these are the backer rewards, which, um, uh, so, uh, if, if you happen to be these, the, these particular number backers, you will also end up with these particular sketches in your order. If you're, if you're like, you know, if you're backer 25, you're backer 50. So the only one that's left to claim is backer 100. So, um, I'm at 60 something backers. So we're almost almost there someone gets to uh get this in there in their package so now now i can be assured that pops has your kickstarter up in like a little <coughs> mini screen oh that's cool waiting uh -huh. to see 99 so we can oh yeah it. no definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's always bragging you yep somebody's got a contest i'm in it right there you go yeah Yeah, so that's that's cool because that's that's something different that I don't see a lot, mm -hmm. where it's based it's based on uh, backer as opposed to money raised. So. Right? Yeah, you know, just a little you know a little random something to keep it exciting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, R random random bonus. It's like, uh -huh. look if if you end up being this number of backer, you, right. I'm just gonna toss this in you. Right. In your, exactly. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna toss this in your package for free. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And this is the PDF that everyone's going to be getting now because we did reach the the $1000 stretch goal. Mm -hmm. So this is yeah, like I said this is a prequel, it's prose, it's illustrated, so black and white, but yeah. So I'm 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 still working on making a physical copy of it cuz I've had some people ask. Um that one I'm probably not going to have until the second issue Kickstarter. So, you know, it's like, I'm still, I'm still working on format and everything. So um, mm -hmm. I figure for the second, for the, when the second issue comes out, this one will be available as a physical copy. Yeah. That way you can do it as an add on. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know you read the story already, yeah. but if you would like the actual physical copy, 
Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, like, like I said, so the, some people have been asking about it because it's like, yeah, you know, the, the digital files are cool and all, but it's like, like even, I mean, I'm the one supplying the digital files and I literally can't read them, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I don't know, there's just something about it being on a screen that I, I can't focus on it. So it's like, so I, I'm definitely a person who needs a physical copy to look at. Oh yeah, I prefer for you know, you get you get the smell of the ink on the paper, yeah, exactly. and you know uh -huh. the the feel the you know the feel of the paper and everything. Uh -huh. Yeah, and you know it's like, look, I want physical copies of everything because I see what I see what uh, certain people are you know certain places are are doing now. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like. Yep, I was right. Need physical copies of stuff. Right, yeah. It's like it's kind of like you look on your Kindle or something and, and all of a sudden it's like, I thought I bought this book and it's not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type of thing. Yeah. I, but I, I knew I bought a copy of Orwell's nineteen eighty four. Why isn't it here? Anymore? Right, exactly. And that was one of the books that that, that got pulled. You mm -hmm. know, because it's like so there's like some kind of copyright issue, and it's like, but I paid for it. It's not like you guys gave me a refund. You I know? don't think it was a copyright issue. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Let's let's not go there. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I've actually I've actually like I've been seeing like various books that they're like, nope. There's dangerous rhetoric in that book. Mm. We can't have that. I'm like, okay. So I add it to a list and I email like a half dozen like used bookstores uh -huh. looking for certain certain books. Right, usually, yeah. usually it's Star Wars and Star Trek hardcovers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but, you know, when a book comes across, I'm like, oh, I read that when I was in high school or, or middle school. I'm like, oh, they, they say that's on the list. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. So let, if you let's have say, a copy of this, I'll take that. Right. Yeah. And and you the know. thing is, though, again, depending on what state you're in, I mean, that list can get pretty long with stuff that you wouldn't even think would belong on a list. But you know. Yeah. Well, I'd, I mean, hate, I'd hate to see California's list. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. I. I mean. I. It still kind of weirds me out that Mark Twain is on that list. So it's like, what? Oh, I. Oh, I know. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah. And I I can't remember the name of the book, but it had to do with the it was historical and mm -hmm. it was about uh, a former slave and what he did right. to, to help, you know, his people escape the tyranny of the South. And uh you know, of course it's on a list. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> what what they did is they didn't pull the book. Well, they pulled the book. Right. They they pulled the copies and they reprinted it with a with a preface stating that uh, this the story in in these pages is not historical. It is all fictional. I hope you enjoy. Okay, I um, mean. Like, like, <sighs> all right. You know. Anyhow, like, back to the back to the yeah, program. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stickers is the the next um is, is the next goal that that we're reaching. So I think um if we hit, I think like uh two thousand 
I think. Uh, 1500. 1500, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Amadeo, see, the see, I have to get my glasses out. Uh, <laughs> it's well, it, it, it probably helps that I'm on I'm on a 40 inch screen. So. Yeah. I'm on I'm on a tiny laptop, so yeah, so um, yeah, so you get the the one sticker, you, you get the the Amadeo sticker, and then when we get to 2000, you get the Rakan Guard sticker, and when you put them together, they fight. They look like they're fighting. So I thought what? that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so that's uh, right. So these and. Uh, this is where I also show the, these are the five issues that I have ready to go pretty much. So like I said, it's like, this isn't, this isn't a one hit wonder here. I'm, I'm really serious. Yeah, serious. Daphne's very serious because it's yeah. taken her 20 years to get here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it just, it just, what's funny is that it's like, it took me 20 years to get to this point, but it took the last three months for me to finish it. Like, like for some reason, like this, this last, especially, I, I guess it's like a combination of the lockdown and, and, and a whole, the whole stress of the whole thing. And it's yeah. like, um, and also it's like, you know, meeting, you know, meeting you and pops and, you know, everybody online and just kind of getting a second wind from that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the last three months, I was just banging out that script. Just, just like everything was coming together, you know, at that moment. And it's like that, I mean, that, that was just, you know, like 20 years worth of work finished in three months. You, you, meet mean, a, you meet a whole new creative community. Yeah. Ne ne next thing you have a couple of SNL guys in the back of your head saying, we're going to. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just really um, amazing, you know, to, to kind of like feel like, wow, it's like, you know, oh, th these are, uh, th these, I forgot I had, I had a photo off. So these are all the, the sam my samples of all the variants of all the different uh, variants. As you can see, you can see the silver cover there. You get a, you get kind of like a, get a glimpse of the hollow uh, foil cover. Uh, because like I said, I, I was not playing around with this Kickstarter. I wanted to make sure everything was on point before I even hit launch. Yeah, cause I, I didn't want to take any chances. Did you say launch? Yeah, yeah, so, um, so, so yeah, yes, so you can, I can actually see like the silver on that yeah. cover now, mm -hmm. yeah. So, that, yeah, it's not a coloring book, right? Yeah, you say it definitely doesn't look like one now, yeah. Although, with issue 15, a coloring book would be really cool. That you know what that why not you know I mean it's like why not just just do like thirty two pages of you know of of nice nice little pinups in there and send you know some crayons and we're good to go sure <laughs> yeah and like you know the, the 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 small little fat Crayola crayon packs yeah you take you take pinups from like all 15 issues and just toss them together and right yeah you know boom because i remember uh dc did something kind of like that for like one month they they released like variants that were the uh the adult coloring book version right yeah it, but i'm like i go the books for 8.95 i go i can't put a mark on a book that's 
you know, almost 10 bucks. Well, well, that's how they get you, you know, because yeah. it's like you figure, oh, you know, you'll buy one to keep and then maybe you'll buy one to color and then they've got $20 out of you. <laughs> or maybe I'll just buy that version and I, yeah. you know, I won't color it and I'll have to like, you know, peel the stick because they were still doing the, uh, the digital sticker things and they're both for a little while. I'm like, I'll, I don't care if the, if the book's not complete without the sticker, I'm going to peel the sticker back and go online and read the book. Right. So I, so I don't mess the cover up, but there you go. But yeah, I, I would recommend, of course, as I always would get all the covers. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for the, uh, for the next, um, for issue two, I'm definitely going to do like a specific tier that has all the covers in it including the sketch cover so then that way in one shot you you want if, you, if you're the collector type you know here's here's the uh the, the level to get everything yeah i i've known many completists you know i'm one but you know i i dropped it with the you know multiple cover things like decades ago uh-huh. but uh i've i've been friends with customers at my at my local shop because I used to work there too. Mm -hmm. And uh I think I think dynamite broke them. Uh, and they just quit because it's like I gotta track down 15 different covers. Right, or, yeah. You know, and, you and know. it's like it was didn't Star Wars do like a hundred covers or something? I mean Yeah, and then they 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 released something else that did even more than that. Right. And you know that and you know all the uh all the comic-con dealers you know all, right. the, all the big dealers that you know pass themselves off as uh you know comic stores and i'm like you don't even have a brick and mortar you're not a comic shop right yeah it's not like anybody could just go and you, you know. know so they 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 put their name down there you know and you get you get places you know like scorpion and a whole bunch of other ones like that that you know every every month they're getting like you know two or three you know exclusive right. short, short print run you know mm -hmm. covers it's like look i already know how much you know the company charged you right i, I know how much these cost yeah and uh we already know you're going to sell through on this because it's deadpool right uh, exactly there's there's no way that particular book right there costs 75 dollars right exactly yeah 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 you know you, you understand uh some of the uh some of the prices with uh with kickstarters and indiegogos because you know they they are they are short print runs and right looking, yeah you know you're looking at a, at a you're not looking at like a publisher that's got you know stacks in the stacks in the bank to you know pay all the pay all the talent and the, and the printing costs right yeah you know you gotta dig out of pocket yourself and you know at least with this all you have to do is pay yourself so right yeah exactly i mean you know so which which allowed that that's the thing that allowed me to to have um you know like the the modest goal and um i've, I've had people comment that it's like oh it's like you know even your comics are reasonably priced uh, because it's like, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty much, I think the first one's like $10 and then it's like $3 for shipping. And I found that kind of weird because it's like, you know, $10 for a comic is still, you know, a lot of money comparatively. But yeah, it's like, it, you know, it's like the, the, 
yeah, this is all, you know, we're going to be printing, I'm going to be printing these books pretty much close to the actual order. So it's not like I'm going to have, yeah, it's not like you're going to have a basement full of them, you know, like with the retailers. So, you know, and, and the shipping, I tried to keep reasonable too, because it's like, I mean, I've seen some Kickstarters where similar books, I mean, you're spending $30 mm -hmm. for, uh, for the first issue. So it's like, oh. yeah, it's, it's like, you know, 20 bucks for the, you know, 20 to 25 bucks for the book and like another, you know, five to $10 for shipping. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we're not even talking internationals yet. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know yeah. Uh, some books like uh, Connor Patel, I, I bought like the last two issues of his, uh, if it's of this three part samurai book mm -hmm. and he's out in Alaska and, oh. and shipping from Alaska to the mainland is like us shipping to Canada. Right. I could imagine. Yeah. Cause know, it has to go. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, within, within, you know, Alaska, he prints them, you know, local and, you know, either hands them out or, or ships them out to, you know, the towns or whatever there. But stateside, he goes through, and I can't remember the name of the place, but it's a uh, it's a service uh, company down in Florida has a uh, mm -hmm. print on demand service. Okay. So you can you can you can you can list your book there, and it goes whatever you want to get, and they charge you like a percentage. Right. Okay. But for, for the listing, you know. So oh, is it like a glam or something? Yeah, something like that. You know, it's like yeah, because they they do the printing and then they have like this separate thing where you they could sell the book online or something. Mm -hmm. I, I think it might be. Well, I know Kablam does that. Yeah, I think it. I think it is Kablam because they 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 list the book so you can you can buy it like you know you can buy the digital download. Right. Uh, but if you want the physical copy, you click on the on the next box below and and they and they ship it out right yeah so yeah i'm sure that makes it a lot easier for him because yeah i could imagine alaska is kind of yeah well <laughs> uh another creator i knew uh i i talked to before up in canada does the same thing because you know who who wants to pay 25 dollars shipping right yeah that that makes it difficult you know i mean it, that's you know i guess that's why pdfs are popular you know but you know yeah, the twenty to five dollars for shipping is, you know, yeah, you save it for the big stuff. You know, it's you like, save that for trades or. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to ship me. Right. I just want you to ship this little comic book. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's uh, like I'm not paying you twenty five dollars. I know, in the in some of the eastern parts of of Canada, there's a company that uh, a trucking company, like a shipping company, there and. They go back and forth between oh, I, I think Canada and the U.S. Yeah, yeah, chats. Yeah, I've, I've heard some people use they, them. Yeah, they they load up their trucks. They they drive up with and everything's all bag you know packed up, and they drive they drive over the border and they go to a, a New York post office. Right. You know, pull up pull up to the dock. And goes, yeah, we need to we need to mail these three thousand Gemini mailers. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know and it and it's all done you yeah. know they they pay a premium to them so it still costs them you know like right. 
seventy percent less than it would to to ship regularly. Oh no, yeah, definitely, yeah. So let's see. Uh -huh. We have five dollars for the PDF. Ten dollars for physical and a PDF. Yes. Now I tell this on everybody's show the first time. One of the first people that I that I did interviews and it wasn't video back then; it was still me typing it out. Uh, was with Graham Nolan for when he launched the Chinoo. Oh, okay. And somehow Graham changed this pledge ten dollars or more. To it was still ten dollars, but instead of uh, you know, whatever text you'd put down here, you know, like evergreen number one hard copy, it was like uh, his ten dollars was just the donation ten dollars. Oh, yeah, I've seen people do that, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he put in uh, ten dollars by grandma beer, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen people do that, you know, that's like even though there's already like a donate a button there already but i guess it's like that they i guess it just makes it easier for people to just donate a certain amount and call it a day mm -hmm. yeah. and it you know the that cracked me up and uh yeah. i go that's great i go i'm gonna do a kickstarter and he goes oh what's your book gonna be about i go no 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 book i'm just gonna kickstart for people to buy me beer there you go there you go you know because well i drink guinness it's kind of expensive <laughs> And twenty dollars or more, we have Evergreen Number One, the Virgin Edition, and of course the P the PDF comes with everything. Right? Yeah, so. PDF comes with everything. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the PDF, and then after, and then it's like with all the the variant covers, you also get a hard copy of the, I, I guess, like cover A, as as we're calling it. Yeah. So any any variant cover. Uh, you get the you get the regular cover with it plus the PDF. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty darn good deal because you're, you're based you're getting three you're getting three copies you're getting the PDF cover A and a fancy snatchy one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you get the prequel PDF too. So now you're getting yeah. two PDFs. <laughs> so yeah. So now you're getting four books. Uh -huh. You know. So that's that's pretty darn good. I think uh I think a signature would look good on the silver book though. Oh yeah, I would think so too. I just um haven't decided like should I use a gold pen? Should I use a black pen? Should I use a, you know like <laughs> I just haven't decided yet as to um how I, I'm gonna do that. Normally I would say black, except all the line work of course is black. So yeah. I I would probably say gold. Right. Probably I, I should just keep it safe and just like sign on the inside, you know, because there are people that 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 also it's like they don't like signatures on on the covers, you know, because they want to keep it like pristine. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happened. Actually, that that could be a, a question on the survey when I send it out. It's like, do you want me to sign it on the cover or on the inside? Do, do you want the modern signature on the cover or do you want the old school signature on the inside front page? Oh. <laughs> I, I've discovered many books like that over the years. Uh, I actually, you know, speaking of him, hence, hence, you know, hence prior prior. Yes. Not Richard, but 
uh, right. prior to this, I, I actually have an X-Men Chris, Chris Claremont like that. Uh -huh. Store didn't, you know, didn't know it. I didn't know it until I took it home and, you know, two days later, you know, opened it up through a bag and board to read it. And I'm like, what the? Oh, right. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And then we have the we have the rainbow cover. Mm -hmm. 30 or more. Uh, $40 or more gets you all the shinies. Yes. Plus one non shiny. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 45 or more uh, gets you a number one, five and a half by eight, eight and a half sketch edition. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the, is that the blue line one? Yes, that's the blue line one, right? So, so the sketch is, it will be like this little card that's separate from the comic. And then 50 or more. That's the get, sketch cover. You get an actual sketch cover with a sketch. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those prices are pretty dynamite. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like I said, it's like I, I've I've kind of done enough of these to kind of get a feel as to as to um, what people like, <laughs> you know, and like you know, because yeah, because like you know, Kickstarter, you know, and even Indiegogo, it's like it's yeah, it's not walking into your local comic shop and getting a book for five ninety five or, or whatever they go for now. It's like this is you know, these are all specialty items. So the the, the prices kind of reflect that. But like I said, it's like I didn't want to end up with a $20 comic plus plus another $10 for shipping. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if if I came down and, and looked and the regular, you know, the regular versions of the book, if you just had, you know, right. not shiny covers, but like regular <laughs> covers. And I could buy any of those regular covers for 20 bucks or I could get you to draw me a sketch cover for 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, once you get past 20 bucks, you know, the wall is open and money's flying out. So. Right. Yeah. You know, so at least, you know, I, I kind of have options for everybody. <laughs> and you're only doing five of the sketch cover. Edition. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or else I'm going to end up spending, you know, a lot longer than two weeks doing. Them. I'm sorry. I'm late. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I promise you'll all have yours by the end of the year. Yeah, no, I didn't January. want it. Well, yeah. 75 people ordered them. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like that that's something that, you know, got to have to consider too, you know, because yeah, I don't want people waiting a year for a book they ordered in January. So Yeah, because you have, you have to wait until the books are printed before you can you can start on the covers, so right, yeah. But but luckily, the the printer that I that I have is pretty quick, so I'm not expecting uh, too much of a delay. Like I said, it's like everyone should be getting their books in March, as uh, as scheduled. So, so that of course is good news. Mm -hmm. So, and of course. Your back, your backdrop is all your uh, characters. Yes, this is uh, my backdrop is from my other comic. Uh, it's uh, where Ego Raven is the kind of like a fantasy drama soap opera type of medieval story. Uh, Tall Tales is the action adventure 
you know, running, jumping, skipping, climbing Mount Doom type of uh, so so it's so depending on what type of fantasy you're into, I have I have a book for that. <laughs> so yeah, so Tall Tales is my um funny animal fantasy adventure comic in the style of the Lord of the Rings. And it's a um it's a multi-issue epic, pretty much, because so far, it's uh, it the, the main series is 560 pages, so it's about like 20 issues uh, worth of story about a group of friends and warriors who um, are on a quest to find um, a fabled the fabled Great Seal of Iberion, which was stolen uh, from their benefactor, and they end up accidentally in the middle of a war between the rats and the trolls. So, like I said, it's it's uh, currently uh, it's currently at my website for free. Um, you can you can either go to the link at egoworks.com, e-g-o-w-o-r-k-s.com, and follow the links there, or you can just go directly to it at talltalesonline.com, t-a-i-l-s uh, dot com, and um, at talltalesonline.com, and uh, you can read the story for free. Um, Somewhere we're uh, currently printing um, a second story arc. We're cur currently working in the second story arc right now, uh, but we will be printing uh, the first volume of the first series from the very beginning of the story in November on Kickstarter. So that way, everybody who's been seeing me talk about this book for the past year, we're finally going to have the opportunity to start everybody off at the very beginning of the story so that the new are you, are you starting with floppies or are you starting with no this one's going to be the trades this one it's going to be uh the 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 trade it's going to be a trade collecting the first five issues and then um we're going to continue with um you know like five issues five issues five issues so yeah for this series we're just going to do trades we're not going to do floppies and who's working with you on that? Now, this one, uh, it's it's me doing the illustrations, and it's written by J.D. Calderon, who also does the Oswald Chronicles, uh, which is his book about, it, if that one is like an urban fantasy about uh, a, a mouse who finds out that he's a wizard and um, all the adventures that he has with his neighbors, who's a fairy and a troll. <laughs> so that one, I also have links to that book at uh, my websites too. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> no. I already know why. Yeah. There's a little nepotism going on there. <laughs> well, you know, maybe a little bit, but uh, in, in your book pictured behind you, it just makes me wonder, unlike the, as you're describing it, the first thing that came to my mind was, who the hell would you choose to side with? Right, rats yeah. Rats or trolls. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, Kill them both and be done with it, man. Yeah. Well, that's what that that's what some that that's what some people are trying to do in this story. <laughs> just you know, it's like you know what? We're we're not picking sides. We're just gonna try to wipe everybody out. <laughs> We want a straight path through. Just kill everything. Right, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's like like we'll I said, it's that, it's that type of story, you know. Um, it's like if if Don Bluth and Peter Jackson decided to do a movie together. <laughs> uh, 
I would watch that in a heartbeat. Ha. Yeah. Now, you, you've been at this since high school, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have just graduated uh, last year. Yeah, specifically, uh, I, I've been self-publishing comics since 1997. So if that uh, gives, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I definitely have been this, I've been doing this for a while. Just, just a few years. Just a few years. Yeah. You know, not, not, uh, yeah. 20 years ago was not the eighties. <laughs> 10 years ago was not the eighties. Oh. <laughs> you know, like... I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have like younger cousins and like we'll like chat on screen like this. But when I see them, I'm still seeing like the little girls we would see right, going yeah. to church. Yeah. I'm like, you know, huh? don't stay up past your bedtime. Right, exactly. I mean, what's funny is like I'm at that age where I can't stay past up past my bedtime anymore either. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I, I have a, I have a PCA that comes in and, and helps me with everything. And he comes in like five days a week. So at least I get breakfast cooked me five days a week. The rest of the time, you know, it's yogurt, bananas and uh, oatmeal. Right. There you go. And lots of coffee. How well. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so he came in, made breakfast, you know, got my mail and, you know, talk to me for a little bit and he had to go on go on to his next client uh i finished oh no no i went to a, i went to a doctor's appointment today that's what happened after breakfast see i can't remember anything right yeah well i haven't been able to really remember anything since march so yeah i'm <laughs> like that's it. i was thinking that was like the day before and i'm like no that was today right. i'm like oh it's because i took too many naps so well like, we got back I finished this mug of coffee while I was watching TV, fell asleep. I wake up. It's like, you know, three 30 in the afternoon. I go, oh, I guess I should have lunch or something. Now. Right. So, yeah. You know, so get up, have lunch, took another nap, woke up about six 30. I'm like, I should probably stop prepping for the show. Right. And yeah. Like, you know, came over, side up the computer, got everything set up and I'm like, Oh, I need coffee. Mm. And I look at the clock. I go, Oh, it's 10 minutes of eight. I better get going. <laughs> so uh, from reading your Facebook page, it also said you were a cartoonist. Now, is this what you consider cartooning, which is I... your, your animal books? Or did you do like, you know, comic strips in the past? Or... Uh, mostly, mostly just it, it's like when, when I call myself a cartoonist, it's more like a stylistic uh, descriptor um yeah so this i would consider um my cartooning um i'm i'm of the like kind of like the school of like not ultra realistic artwork you know that there's like yeah that they're just not realistic at all <laughs> you know? so i i think that that cartoonist kind of fits me better in terms of the style that i prefer um, rather than like, like I can do illustration, but that's not my main style. Um, you know, and then in the end it's like, 
comic book artist is is definitely you know what what i do in terms of this work so mm -hmm. yeah uh, um yeah it's 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 a stylistic preference you know cartoonist so it's like that's that's the, the term that i feel more comfortable with it's because your images look like 80s cartoony style yeah 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 it's something like that yeah because like, like i said it's like i'm not really into like the more like traditional like no one's confusing my artwork for jim lee <laughs> you know it's like you know i mean uh you know so yeah jim so it's like still does artwork well, you know, at the at the rate DC is doing, at the rate DC is going, he might have to. <laughs> I can see like any year now he's going to be like knocking on Image's door. Think I can get my old job back? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know. All of I a sudden, think, he's doing Kickstarter. I, I, I think I remember how to do this. Yeah. You know, I actually have his autograph somewhere because I bought. Uh, when he was when he was doing Hush over at DC, they released a special edition Batman figure based on his design. You know, where of course we all know the story that he said the worst thing he ever did was draw the bottom of Batman's combat boots. Oh wow! Because now he <laughs> and everybody had forever on has to draw all the right, thread yeah, on the bottom of the combat boots. Draw every tread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just cost yourself more work, but right. it was the uh, there were like three figures inside. One was the uh, the mock-up that looks kind of like this one. Uh -huh. This is a Jack O'Neill from Stargate, though. But you know, <laughs> it looks it looks like that because uh, it's you know it was just like a test a test model one, and then they took the test model one and they added some paint to it so they right. can see it in color. And then the actual finished one, but it's a it's a variant of the finished one. And of course, he signed on the uh, certificate of authenticity inside. Plus, he did sketches and signed the sketches. And there's a so there's a Batman sketch in every single one of those boxes. Oh wow! Okay. So I'm like, yeah, but you see, that's why I feel more comfortable with the term cartoonist because I'm not drawing the treads underneath <laughs> underneath that boot. No. <laughs> Gonna draw the treads right now. <laughs> Thick Sharpie. Yeah, exactly. Whoops. What happened? Exactly. Light exactly. source is over here. It got yeah. shaded in. Exactly. So you've got a you've got quite a full plate this year. Yeah, yeah. I have so. total of seven Kickstarters scheduled. Wow. Yeah. It's it look after 2020, uh, 2021 is go big or go home. <laughs> swear it's that's what it feels like uh friends of mine have have posted we're not in a new year 2020 just put a wig on and came back oh yeah back. yeah it's I've, I've heard somebody say it's 2020 season two yeah <laughs> but i but I, yeah. I i said uh welcome to 2021 or as i call it the book of revelations right exactly it's like <laughs> we're just waiting for everything to start unfolding you know. <laughs> That other shooter, if because I'm up, I'm up, you know, I'm up in the north, you north, like you are. So I'm like, if I if I hear like you know hail coming down, I'm looking to see if it's like frozen locusts or something. Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Just we're just checking. <laughs> so my question is, uh, how do you get six kickstarters 
in a year because I heard you have to be lucky to get in on the on the pattern. You're lucky if you're like uber lucky if you can launch four. Right. Well, uh, what? Well, so four of those Kickstarters is going to be for Ego Raven, which is on my Kickstarter account. Mm -hmm. Three. The other three is going to be for Tall Tales, which is on JD's account. So um, that would be pretty much the only way um, we could be able to do we, we could do that many Kickstarters because technically it's two different people doing them. So mm, very sneaky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, like I said, we've done 15 uh, Kickstarters already. Um, we we're we're kind of old hat at this. We, we're all our Kickstarters are fulfilled completely and on time. So um, yeah. So it, it's not like we don't know, you know, what to expect you know, and also in terms of my book, um, like I said, I'm I'm kind I'm way ahead. I I literally have the four books for the year. I just have to color them in and relatter them, and I'm good. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it just they've been, they've been waiting it. around. They've been waiting around to be colored for years. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, like I said, once I get that new computer at the end of the month, it's like, shoo. <laughs> You're going to get it up and running and get a lot of work done. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of planning and yeah, it's, but also the, the work is technically done too. It just needs to be finished. So um, yeah, so that's, that's the schedule. <laughs> that's a pretty hectic schedule. Yeah. Though. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, we're, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, maybe it's a little too enthusiastic, maybe, but if we can pull it off, it'll be a big year. You know, it, it'll be a huge year. That's, yeah. You know, so especially with, with no, there's no conventions going on or anything. So what else are we doing? <laughs> Well, if there were conventions, you'd be doing the same thing. You would just be overprinting so you could have, have books to take. Right. But stuff. also, if we had conventions, we probably wouldn't be doing so many Kickstarters either. So, yeah. yeah. We'd be doing four. Like, yeah. two, two of each. And, yeah, exactly. It's like, we know. would probably, yeah, probably would, yeah, it would probably be like half the, the amount. And then we would be doing conventions in, in the meantime. But, you know, it, it, I, I don't see conventions really coming back until 2022. Yeah. So. I know there's one uh, this weekend uh, towards like Kentucky somewhere, just like a small one. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I think it's going to end up being. Right, I, don't yeah. I don't think we're going to get the, I don't think we're going to get the San Diego's or the New York. Right, yeah. Back. I don't see that. Yeah. I, because I see like the old, the old fashioned old school, you know, cons with you know safe, safety measures taken in right yeah because you know because that's the thing i mean i think that like places like walt disney world has proven that you can do have that many people safely um as as long as you know you're actually willing to to enforce the protocols to do it so there's no reason why conventions shouldn't be able to do that but I, I think it's more like a, like an insurance issue, insurance company issue. And that's why I don't see anything like really resolving itself until 2022. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think any B insurance companies are gonna let any of their big uh, yeah MCU stars appear at any convention. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I I don't see that happening either. You know. So yeah, it's like you're not allowed to gather around the little people. Right. <laughs> you know. So um. But you know. I, I prefer like the old school feel. You get you get like three or four vendors in there. You get like three or four like local artists in there and you know it's not it's not overwhelming and you know people are more more apt to gather in mass around the around right. the artist tables while they're oh, working right. on stuff yeah. yeah it's kind of you know it's like those 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 shows that used to be in like church basements and VFW you know like halls, yeah. And all. yeah you know yeah those were yeah yeah it's it's kind of yeah weird that those but then again, it's like I'm in New York, so it's like you know those shows really don't exist anymore. People prefer the the larger shows like New York Comic Con, and you know, so because they can fit they can fit so much in. But you know, none of those big shows like that are really comic conventions anymore. Right? They're, yeah, exactly. They're they're, they're media conventions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everybody's packing in because yeah. you know they want to meet the stars of this show that show right. this movie that movie and you know which i was fine with cuz i you know i've i've met you know plenty of plenty of celebrities over the years mm -hmm. uh most of which i only shook their hands and nice mm -hmm. to meet you i enjoy your work and moved right, on yeah and, yeah you know but you know there's 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 quite a few who's you know whose autographs i've gotten over the years and some I'm very glad that I got because they right. sadly since passed on. But right. you know, so I I got to I got to meet uh, uh, the Asian actor who was in uh, just about everything ever. Oh, uh, kind of like that guy in that thing. <laughs> yeah, the guy in that thing. Right, right probably. Yeah, it's like if if you you just it, like we all know his face <laughs> type of thing. Well, very, yeah, it's of, Asian. Yeah. Uh, he uh oh god i wish i could remember his name right now it's bugging the heck out of me he he played the evil wizard in uh big trouble little china oh right yeah okay i know exactly yeah 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 and he, he played that little bit part in uh -huh. in blade runner right and and he was also the uh the duck in uh kung, kung fu panda <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah. he he actually he was actually in uh a couple of episodes of of Superboy, right? The good version of Superboy, not the other one, right? There's one that's like, how did I watch this? Well, you know, it's like well, because there, there was only on. one superhero show on TV, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's like, I guess I gotta watch it, uh -huh. you know. And then John Wesley Ship's Flash came on, and right, you know, opened up the doors down the road for everything that uh -huh. and the first X Men movie. So it's like, yay. Uh -huh. And now there's nothing on TV that doesn't come from a comic book. So right, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't get any more mainstream. Than yeah, I'm like now, you know, and you know, you'll. Everybody's got that one purist friend who goes, "Oh, you still collecting?" No, they sold out, man. They sold out to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I'll read my old ones over again. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, because you know, because once grandma is watching The Mandalorian, I guess it, it loses its appeal to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when DC put out, uh, through, of course, a third party, of course, they put out the, uh, the human target show, like 
probably like 15 years ago. And I was watching it. My mother, you know, I was visiting my mother and I, I go, oh, can you put on Channel 10? And she put it on and what's this? I go, uh, you may target. He disguises himself and saves people. Kind of like MacGyver, only different. Oh, okay, I'll watch that. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And then she ended up, you know, then she ended up liking it. And, uh, you know, she watched it until it went off the air. And, and, and so did I. And I just watched it all over again on right on my roku so i'm like yeah, mm -hmm. uh, this is pretty cool yeah. so you know that's all that's all i do is you know you pay money for streaming services for me outside of mandalorian it's just to watch old shows all over again. right exactly yeah yeah don't yeah. you want to check out the new stuff uh, nope, that's, what, that's, really. what I do. that's what i do with comics yeah I, I already know fringe is an awesome show so i just started uh, watching that again right but uh so not not a book that you've worked on or you're working on but can you recommend an indie book for somebody else to read wow okay well um an indie book um well is it like a more mainstream type because because my my collection is pretty eclectic nowadays um i'm kind of in a, like a foreign foreign comic french comic italian comic kind of thing right now <laughs> So, um, I, I mean, it's like, you know, like, uh, well, the, the obvious answer, uh, is one of the obvious answers is that, well, you could always read, um, the Oswald Chronicles by J.D. Calderon. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's see, one of, what, what it's, uh, one of my, like, like big books that I like uh, right now I'm reading, um, Berserk. Uh, which is the the manga collections from Dark Horse. I don't know if that counts. Um, I like uh, Meta Barons by um, Humanoids. Mm -hmm. um, love that book. Love that book. Um, let's see. What's a, what's a recent? Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, if you're if you're into um, like werewolves and stuff, uh, Night uh, Nightwolf. Nightwolf by uh, Robert Mutari. Um, he has a uh, four issues out and he has a, a, a trade paperback right now that, well, technically it's, it's a little self-serving because I did do a pinup for him. By the way. <laughs> so oh, that, uh, that's fan art. That doesn't. Right. Matter. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so there's, there's that. Um, let's see. I'm waiting. I, I'm, I, I ordered this book on Indiegogo. I'm waiting for it, but uh, it's a, uh, so I haven't technically read it yet, but I'm so looking forward to, to reading this book because uh, Russ Leach is just, he's just a brilliant artist. Um, it's uh, Only Death Can Save Us. Uh, I oh, think yeah. his book is still in, de in, in demand right now on Indiegogo. Uh, like I said, it's like, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten it yet, but look, once you see the artwork and it has like that John Basima look to it, that, that Conan, you know, kind of vibe and, you know, and it's just like, it, it it's like, I, I, I can't recommend that book enough. <laughs> you know, it's if, like, I, if I pick up anything and even if it's black and white yeah, and, and it, it reminds me of like the old Conan black and white. Magazine, right. Yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah. It, yeah. Up? 50 bucks. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like, um, it's like, um, let me see, what else? 
Yeah, like, like I said, my 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 collection is 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 kind of weird right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Daphne is currently in her foreign film version of yes, of I am. Collecting. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And um, uh, if if you really want to look it up, though, I mean the 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 my two big favorites right now is the French comic um, Eagles of Rome. Uh, which is done by an artist uh, called Marini, um, which is funny because he's currently doing a series for DC called um, Batman, the Dark Prince Charming. So, but it was Eagles of Rome that really got me into his, uh, his artwork. I mean, it's just, that's, that's just amazing stuff. It's like, if I, I'm really big, I, I was raised on um, I, Claudius, and that series just completely imprinted on me. So I'm just completely attracted to anything that reminds me of that. So it's like, it's just like Roman, you know, Roman empire, you know, type stuff. Uh, you know, I, I just love that. And that's what Eagles of Rome is. And then there's another one. Um, if you're a fan of Black Sad, so, so Black Sad is another French comic that, that, that I'm into. Um, and there's a there's a similar type of book called Solo by Oscar Martin. And um, I think he used to be a Disney animator. And he does like this Mad Max with furries type of book that is just that that is just bonkers. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I think there might be an English version Um I just don't. I just don't know who's who's producing it, uh, but it's it's just called Solo um, Cannibal. Yeah, it's a like Cannibal World or something like that. Because oh, again, I I only have the French version, so I don't uh, I, I don't know what the how it translates. Um, but yeah, but it's like if you're into like Mad Max style, um, like Mad Max style Disney type artwork. That's that that's that's a book to look for too. So now I can see why that's a favorite of yours. Yeah. Just, just from seeing all your versions of art, whether it's from Tales right. or Evergreen. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, well I can see why you're attracted to that because it reminds you of you. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, so that's um so yeah, so those are some of the weird books that uh, that I would uh, that I would recommend at the moment. Um, yeah, like yeah, I'm in my foreign film phase. Right well, since you're in your foreign film phase, is uh -huh. there is there any thought of, or plan to uh, maybe release any of your any of the trades you're planning in other languages? Um, that would be, that would be trippy. That would be nice. Um, but at, at this moment, it, it's not, it's, it's literally not something, um, on the table really. Um, yeah, it's just something we just haven't gotten to. I mean, we've dabbled with it in the past. Um, I mean, what's funny is that Oswald is being translated in Spanish in, um, Chile, uh, but uh, that's like the closest that that we're getting right now. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to see you know a French band dessinée version of Tall Tales and Eagle Raven, but um, yeah, not not right now. 
Well, I know, I know, uh, Andy Belanger, his, his Kickstarter just finished and, uh, he's doing his book in English. And because he's from Canada, of course, is being done in also right. in French. Oh, that's cool. And himself, uh, his lady and their little girl spent about six months in, in Italy. Wow. Okay. Uh, he, he said he loved it, except he got a little too fat on the food. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. He's, he's also pro wrestling, too. Oh, there you go. So, uh, but because of the time they spent in, in Italy, he had the he had the connection. So I guess his book is also going to be translated into Italian. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Sorry, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, tra having something translated is not as easy as running it through Google Translate. So, yeah. No. It's, it's a big effort. I mean, at, at one time I was having um, one, one of the tall tales, uh, 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 one of the tall tales issues. I was having it, you know, just as an experiment, I was having it translated into Spanish and it, it went over really well because it was that we were testing it at, at San Diego comic-con and it went to seem to go really well, but we just never built on it because yeah, because having, having something translated is, um, yeah, it's, it's an effort. It's an effort. It's oh yeah. yeah. Beyond maybe, maybe when conventions come back and you, you're not doing like seven or eight books a year, right. yeah, exactly. you might, you might have the time to do that and explore like, a an audience in a different part of the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because it's like, if, if I were to, um, like if there was like, if I could translate the books like tomorrow to target, to target a market, it probably my first, the first, what I would do is in Spanish and in Portuguese, that those would be the first, those would be the first languages I would go for. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a huge, uh, Portuguese community out here. Mm -hmm. I know because I'm even though you can't tell it from my bright cheery almost see-through skin color I am I am a little bit Portuguese oh there you go yeah no I have uh I have a family in in Brazil so at least that way they could read my comics finally yeah. oh you get them translated and just send <laughs> yeah. to the family for Christmas yeah exactly exactly so yes yeah, so now you can read what I've been doing for 20 years right exactly exactly like they know they kind of know what I'm doing but the, yeah it's like unless they're having it translated on their end it's like I haven't specifically done anything you know, for them to, to mm -hmm. read. So yeah, so that's, that's the reason why I would choose um, those two languages so that my relatives can finally read them. <laughs> well, you make, you make a silent issue where you don't need any words whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a picture book. Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to ask you, since this is the first book you colored, mm -hmm. was there a big learning curve for you and what coloring what platform did you use to uh, color the book? Well, yeah, it's it it was a, an interesting. It, it was definitely a learning curve, that's for sure. Um, I predominantly, well, predominantly, I only use Photoshop. Um, I, I use Photoshop with a, a tablet, and um, 
the the coloring style that I had to do with the comic book was completely different than the coloring style that I was doing normally, which which was like what you see in the background. It's like I had like a really elaborate coloring style. And when I started doing the comic and I started researching, you know, actually do how to color a comic, I mean, I realized that you can't spend two weeks coloring a page. Um, if I was going to color a comic, I had to come up with um, a, a system that was efficient to get the job done as quickly as possible. Because it's like, yeah, it's like I can't take six months or whatever to color a full issue. So um, I still use Photoshop, um, but I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. And I think like the main thing that I learned uh, with coloring a comic is that I don't have to color everything in. Um, my regular style, it's like I'm coloring in every leaf, I'm coloring every little detail in the background, every little thing, you know, it's like if I have like a table with five bottles on it, each bottle is covered colored individually. But um, when it comes to an actual comic book page, I can't do that. So I learned to kind of use color to separate the characters from the backgrounds by using more monochromes and, you know, and, and more limited color palettes and, and, and using like a more uniform shading style that takes like the entire panel into consideration as opposed to like each individual character. Mm -hmm. So that that definitely sped up the process for me. But yeah, but there was a learning curve because I mean, I'm still because the style also is a lot simpler. I mean, what's ironic is like now I'm getting a style that is reminiscent of those 80s cartoons, which I absolutely love. But at the same time, I'm not used to it. Um, because it is simple and it's like, I'm like, oh my God, it needs more detail. It needs more detail. And, and what I have to get over myself is no, it doesn't need more detail. I just need enough color information to get the artwork across. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that, 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 that's still taking a little bit use, getting used to. Of course, with the panda behind you and you saying 80s cartoons, yeah. it, it brought, you know, out of the back of my, one of the many voices in the back of my head goes, Oh, gummy bears. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I'm like, you know, I hear gummy bears in the back of my head. And then I stop thinking of jelly babies from Doctor Who. And well, you know, but like, yeah, but that's, but that's the difference. Like, like, you know, like this, this coloring, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm kind of like using gummy bear coloring now. And it's like, it's, it's it's taking me some time to get used to it. But the funny thing is that for the comic, that simpler style is a lot more effective, uh, especially when those panels in color, they still have to tell your story. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have the color getting in the way of the storytelling, which was also another thing I had to to get used to as an idea that it is possible for your coloring to get in the way. So yeah, it, it, it required a whole new, new thing, set of thinking on it. Thinking is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with some, you know, 
when you're when you're approaching something you've never done before yeah you're like oh i gotta hit the reset button again right yeah it took yeah it it took me a while to really like because even like the tools that i was used to using in photoshop i had to use completely different tools so it's like every it's, it was like learning from scratch almost, you know, but the funny thing is, is that once I got the hang of it, I could see how the process got faster and faster. So that's why I'm not too worried about coloring the next couple of issues, the, the next several issues, because it's like, okay, I, I kind of get it now. So it's like, I kind of understand what I'm supposed to be doing. So, you know. Was, was, the, was the layering tough? Yeah, I had to really be careful with that because it's like it, it's it was a little too easy to kind of well, it's like, oh, I need a layer for this, I need a layer for that, I need a layer for this. And it's like before you know it, you have like 20 layers, and that was like, and that's like, oh, I can't control anything. So yeah, so now it's like I I try to keep it like like six layers, maybe just at most, you know, just try to really keep it as simple as possible. It's uh, kind of difficult, but at the same time, because you're, you know, you're digitally coloring, it's like, oh man, I messed up that page. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's the thing, yeah. You can, you can, you can start all over, you can just like use the, use the erase palette and, right. you know, take, take something completely out right, yeah. at least at least that way it's it's easy to fix because that's also the reason why i um started like tweaking the artwork too while i was you know when i was working on it because you know because i i usually i i work traditionally it's like i work with uh you know pen paper pencil you know technical pens and then I scan it in but once I scanned it in and started to work coloring on the pages I realized like you know while I'm here <laughs> you know let me fix a couple of things and I was able to fix the line art I mean I haven't gotten to a point where I'm actually working fully in uh in digital um i i don't know if that's something that i see myself actually doing in the future because i am i'm just really used to hands-on yeah. um but at least digitally it gave me the opportunity to you know to fix things you know just to like oh you know this is a little misaligned let me fix this here i could tweak this here you know and without having to like go into the actual artwork and put on piles of white out on everything well you know yeah i need a bucket of white out for my no, for real yeah for real you know and uh -huh. you know it's it's a little crazy but mm -hmm. uh i've talked to uh lots of creators that they uh they do all their pencils traditionally, yeah. then they scan it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course they said it was a learning curve, learning, you know, digital inking over regular inking, of course. Yeah. But uh, it was a lot, it was, a, once they got it down, it was a lot more simplified because, you know, if they went a little too heavy here mm -hmm. or too light there, it was an easy fix. Right, yeah. And then it's like you have the, you know, you you have the brushes that imitate certain things and certain textures. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can do, you can do a lot digitally, but like I said, it's like, that's, it's like, I, I got coloring. Okay. It's like, I, I can do coloring. It's like, I'm not 
you know, I, I'm not confident with pen and ink on, on a screen yet. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I prefer, you know, somebody in a group was asking, uh, you know, uh, an artist was asking, do you prefer uh, getting a piece traditionally or digitally? And I'm like, traditional, because mm -hmm. I can go anywhere on the interwebs and download a digital picture. Right, yeah. You know, I want, I want, you know, an actual physical, mm -hmm. you know, piece, piece of artwork. And yeah. You know, luckily, I've gotten probably like two dozen pieces of, over the years, you know, of of original stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, luckily one was, uh, blue, uh, blue line sketch from, uh, Joe Sinat that, uh, my pal, uh, Rusty Gilligan inked a few years ago for a fundraiser. So, and I actually won it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I've, I've had that for about five years, but, um, yeah, but there's nothing like getting original art, yeah. um, you know, uh, I'd much rather give money to a creator, you know, if for whatever thing, you know, your IP goes and it becomes like, of course, yours would be animated because yeah. <laughs> it already is. Um, but, if, you know, if a company wanted to make a cartoon out of something you did or an animated series, I would much rather go and see you at a table and have you do an original sketch because mm -hmm. I read the book. I like the movie. I'd rather give my money to the creator of, of the, of the source material than somebody who, you know, voiced over angry Panda. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. And also there's, there's something, there's a certain, inspiration that i get from seeing original art that i have kind of yet like i mean don't get me wrong i mean there's some some really amazing digital art out there but the thing is though like it's so polished that it looks digital like mm -hmm. th there's just something very digital about it so it's like yeah you got you know it's like yeah it looks like a painting but you can tell like something is not quite real about it. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's like, like, I, I mean, there, there was this, uh, it was Florida Comic-Con where I saw Jack Kirby pages in person, up close and personal for like the first time. And I swear to God, I felt something here when, when I saw those pages you know, that there was something about seeing this work in person, like seeing the yellowed paper and you see the whiteout and you see the rubber cement and you see, you know, the, the way the ink lays on the paper. And, and there was like something, something visceral I got out of that, that I, I don't get from looking at digital art you know it's the same thing where it's like if you if yeah if anyone ever comes out to new york you can actually visit i don't know about nowadays but once you know all this nonsense is over um you can actually visit continuity studios which is neil adams studio mm -hmm. and it's the studio it's a functioning studio but it's also run as an art gallery too so if you go in and, you know, you can literally ask the receptionist to give you a tour. And that's what we did. 
And to see all these Neil Adams originals, I mean, it's, I, I had to lie down when I got home after, you know, after seeing that, you know, there's this, you, you can't beat the experience, you know? So it's like, if there's anything that I can like say that digital artwork doesn't have, it's that it's, it's, you know, just, just seeing up close and personal. Yeah. It's lacking the human touch. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I really can't put my finger on it. It's like there's, yeah, it's like th there's just something about it, about seeing that original artwork from masters, you know? It's yeah, like, it's you, you know. Can, it's, you can imitate texture, but you can't right. make it appear. Something like that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the difference between, you know, you see pictures of the Eiffel Tower versus actually being underneath it you know like like pictures just don't you just don't get it in a picture mm -hmm. you know it's like you know seeing pictures of you know stuff at the metropolitan museum or at the louvre or something and and actually being there and being in front of the painting you know it's like there's 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 kind of like like an intimacy between you and the artwork, you know, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of uh weird. Yeah. I, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen the statue like a billion times. Right. And when I was 11, my mother and I traveled to New York and I cracked up everybody on the bus because I was coming out of the bathroom in the back uh. was trying to whisper, but you know, loudly kid whispering. Yeah, yeah. Are we there yet? And then yeah. I sang the stupid "I Love New York" song. Right. Ah, you know. Okay. From the bus, and it was it was full of all like you know it was it was me, my mother, and uh, a whole bunch of senior citizens because right. it was around Christmas time, so they were going up to see the lights. At, right. Yeah. Yeah. And everything. Time, yeah. And uh, but we went to the statue, and I've seen the statue plenty of times. We took the ferry over. Of course, uh, it was torrential downpours oh right so you know we were all below decks and you know still drenched from head to toe and but we went up and the uh at that time because that was late 70s early 80s uh the torch was already long since closed because they, oh, right. they were working on that but the crown was still open uh the windows are still broken but we, uh. got, we got up to the crown and Torrential winds started swaying the statue. Oh, yeah, that's back and forth. Yeah, and Ooh. and the the glass of the crown was, had been like shattered in in spots like over the years. So there's like sweeping wind and rain coming in through the windows, and I didn't want to leave probably because I had a death grip on the railing and I was well, afraid yeah, to move yeah. because the statue was moving. You know, and then a few years later, that awful Ghostbusters 2 movie, wow. uh, the statue actually moved. Well, you know, I, you know, that was well, that was the best part of that movie. So, yeah. but uh, one last question mm -hmm. What would you recommend to up and coming creators? Right. Um, 
let's see. I, I mean, there, there's so much. Um, I, I guess like the main thing uh, that that I would definitely recommend is don't be afraid to get your work out there. Um, one of the things that I keep seeing is um, people who they're so paranoid about their first issue being perfect that they keep redoing it. You know, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. Don't get wrapped up in perfection. Um, I think uh, Dave said that there's a thing that Dave Sim had said where it's like, know what you did wrong and worry about it in the next issue. <laughs> it's like, um, because you, you don't, you know, it's, if you want to do comics, you, you do have to learn how to keep it moving. And fussing over the first issue is is going to be to your detriment because I've known people who've done like their first issue like four times. And it's like, wow, it's like, so you put in the work for four issues, but technically you only have one, you know, as opposed to like having four issues. Um, because it's like, cause in the end you're going to naturally progress. So no matter what you do, your work is going, your work on issue one is going to look different when you hit issue four or issue 10, especially. Um, I mean, my issue one and my issue 20 are like miles apart, but that's just what it is. And there just comes a point where it's like, you have to respect the artist you are at the moment do the work just just do the work know what you have to improve on and then just keep working at it while still working you know like while working on your books i mean because you're going to improve anyway so yeah so finished finished is better than than perfect and since perfect is impossible anyway <laughs> At least you know you can finish. You can't be perfect, but you can definitely finish. Progression will come over time. Yeah, it 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 will. It's like you know everything that you need to work on will uh, that and and that and don't be afraid to work on stuff you're having problems with because uh, one of the things that I do like I, I know that there's a lot of things that I still need to work on like. Like for me, like backgrounds is a thing for me. So what I do is I make sure that I keep drawing backgrounds, you know, as opposed to people saying, oh, I don't like drawing backgrounds, so I'm not going to draw backgrounds. Like, no, 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 you have to do the opposite. Whatever it is you're afraid of to do in your comic, that's what you have to keep on like putting in your comic so that you keep drawing it. And then there's going to come a point where you're going to realize you're not struggling anymore or you're not struggling as much, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, yeah. So that's part of the progression. It's like, don't yet yeah, really, it's like, don't fear your work. You know, I mean, that's, it, you know, that that's advice that I keep telling myself to this day still don't fear your work because. Is it working yet? Um, I, you know, I, I, I get what I can. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> A little bit here and there. I take my own advice, but yeah, you know, pretty much, yeah. But the, yeah, that that would be the 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 main thing. It's like just really like yeah, 
finished is better than perfect and don't be afraid of what you need to do. Words to live by yeah. in the comic community. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming out and, oh, and hanging out and thank you. talking everything geek under the sun and a little uh, bit about your own work too. Yeah, uh, it's a tad, right? <laughs> just a little bit. Um, you can get to the Kickstarter for Ego Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn, full color, first issue. Yeah. Right at Kickstarter, and the link is in the chat. It is also in the show notes up above and down below, along with just about every place on the internet that you can find Daphne. Yeah. So you follow her at all those places. And uh, until next time, uh, peace, love, and read some comic books. Yeah, absolutely. Those are definitely words.